The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't help but feel good. I can't help but feel fine. Everything is in its place and all of it is mine. My name is Tom Stunovan and I want to welcome to our show, All Things Recovery. Here we discuss all topics regarding mental health, substance abuse, treatment options, and the mental health system itself. We will cover all these topics by inviting guests from all facets of recovery, treatment, enforcement, and policy. The door is, the door is wide open and we want to be a resource. We take topic suggestions and welcome feedback. This show is always dedicated to my friend and recovery warrior, Craig Barnaby, who dedicated his life to the well-being of others. Today I have my friend and my guest, Gail Nastasia, author of this book, The Fruit, gotta have it up, up right, <laughs> The Fruit You Will Never See. So Gail, please tell us about yourself and um, what inspired you to write this book. Well, I started writing back in 1994. I had experienced the death of somebody who was really yeah. close to me. I had already been in recovery myself at that point for a period of time. Right. And when he passed away, I kind of just went off the deep end and I needed something to do to keep my mind busy. Wow. So I started to write. I didn't mean to write a book. That wasn't right. my intention at that time. I was just trying to get right. through the day. So that's what I did. Right. So um, your book is about overcoming shame. Why is that so important? So that's actually the subtitle of the book. It's the fruit you'll never see a memoir about overcoming shame. And the yes. reason for that is I had gone through this recovery process where I started to remove those things from my life that blocked me off from my spirit and other people and shame happened to be one of those things. In fact, it was the last thing. Mm -hmm. So once I wrote the book, I had a whole bunch of different ideas about how it would end and what it meant to, um, to have that experience of going through the process of removing things and, and changing. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it came to the, to the point where it was the final thing that had kept me a prisoner in my own life. You know, it was uh, that one thing. And I think, and I'm sure you know this to be right. true, that most people, if not everybody, who suffers with alcoholism or addiction <clears throat> from anything right. has shame. You know, we have, yeah. and, and it's probably the last thing of a myriad of things that people use right. and, and responses and feelings and emotions right. that we have that we... And you know, we talked earlier, you mentioned resentment. You know, that's right. one of those things. Exactly. And as a child, I learned how to respond to the world, just like right. you learned how to respond to the world. And, you know, everybody, we either right. learn it from somebody who teaches us, somebody who knows how to respond in a healthy way, or we don't. Right. And then we respond however we can. Right. We're, well, like I said last week, we are all products of our environment. And I also am in recovery, just as a reminder, I did mention that last week, too. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, um, 
you know, we learn from our parents on how behavior is modeled, and that could either be a good thing or a bad thing, you know. Um, and, and this is clearly a, a biography. A mem memoir. Memoir, a little bit so different. So biography and the difference between biography please, and memoirs. This is a very specific book. It's yeah. not about my life more than it's about my life with respect to this idea nice. of shame. So That's why it's important to explain that. That is important because there are so many other books I could have written. I mean, there right. are so many, maybe I will. <laughs> right. Which actually leads me to the next book that I will write because please. in this book... There's a chapter on um, my, what my mother talked about, the, the third room. I don't yeah. know I didn't if get you've that. gone that. It's, it's pretty far into well, the book. to be all honest, I started reading this <laughs> wonderful book, to be honest with you, and then it got into the hands of my wife, <laughs> and she took it over, and I haven't been able to get close to it ever since. Well, tell her thank you. <laughs> There's a lot of people, just so people know, you can get this book on Amazon, by the way, but a lot of people... You know, the feedback is once you pick it up, you can't put it down. And I will tell you, that's what my wife is doing. And she I appreciate that. <laughs> so it's, it's very well written. And, Thank you. And, and, and I can imagine, you know, and again, I'm making an assumption. Part of this, was it written to help others? Well, that's a side effect for sure, but I couldn't help others until I helped myself, right? Nice. So here I was, this prisoner to shame, to mm. all of these things that I used to feel better, just to, to make it through the day. You know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be happy. I wanted right. to feel good. That's all we all want. Right. But I had all these other things that got in the way, you know, all these other things that I put in the way because I wanted to feel better. And right. they were short-term things or within the case would shame, even though it, w it wasn't healthy for me, it still felt good to have some control over something because that's how it felt. Like, this is my shame. This is my right. stuff. Right. You know, I don't have to tell people things if I don't want to. And ultimately, if I, I, I had to show that that was the truth. I had to prove that mm -hmm. I was truly free from that shame, from the thing that was blocking me off from other people. And that's what the book did. Well, it's very inspirational. So, as I was saying about the um, the third room. Yeah, tell me. And and this we'll talk more about that. I, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about oh. it too, because we all have that. Yeah. So in the in this book and in the next book to come, my mother talks about. Um, she spoke at a meeting mm -hmm. and she talked about her. She talked about these three rooms. She said there were three rooms inside of her. She said the first room is immaculate. Anybody can come in and sit down and have a cup of coffee yeah. and they would chat about idle things, you know, things that didn't really mean anything, the weather or whatever. And then there was the second room and that was buried deeper inside that yeah. there was, you know, a few people that she trusted enough to let into that room. And those people, they'd talk about things that were a little bit more important, maybe about yeah. their kids or about the parents that they were, or the, you know, their, their own childhoods or whatever. And then there was the third room. And she said that room was filthy in her estimation, that what she believed it to be, yeah. and that she wouldn't let anybody in that room because she was ashamed of it. Oh. So the third room is that place where, <clears throat> and, and the way I describe it in the new book is where I, keep, where I store all my stuff. You know, yeah. I store all my stuff. And, and in the end of my addiction, I sat in that room by myself because right. I wouldn't let anybody in there. Right. You know, and it was I was surrounded by all of those things that 
And what do those things do for you or do to you? That's the question, right? And it's both ways, right? Everything yeah. cuts both ways. So, right. so drugs, pills for me, for instance, they, yeah. they, you know, they help me feel better because right. I could zone out. I could block things off, but they also caused me to block people off, you know? Right. So it was that double-edged sword. I love that analogy of the three rooms. I think that's so important for people to hear that because I'm, I'm sure everybody has those things but don't know how to express it or know exactly what it is. Even people who aren't right. exactly. Or, or, yeah. Exactly, yeah. We talk a lot about addiction and mental health here, but what we talk about benefits everybody. Absolutely. And I think that's important. Yes. Just because you use doesn't mean, or just because you, you know, you, you may not use, but you still probably have shame. And, I mean, who cares to look at themselves in that way? True. You know, it's a lot so easier true. to go through life just yeah. putting up blocks. But, yeah. you know, it's, there are so many analogies, but those things we put up to keep other people out, I mean, to keep us in, end up keeping other people out. You know, it's like that. Right. Everything. It, it cuts both ways. There's no, there's no solution that is long-term and that will connect me to others other than removing those things that block me off from them. And that's what cleaning out the third room is all about. Right. How do you get to that point where you can start to look at within you? How did you get to that point? Well, I, I wouldn't recommend this. I wouldn't use this as a benchmark because my experience has been, uh, I think, atypical. But I had to write this book. Right. Because, like I said, so I, I, I was... I came to the 12 step fellowships, right. a, a few different ones when I was 15 right. for the first time. So, so your journey started, your recovery journey a started. A long time ago. Mm -hmm. However, I didn't stay sober or clean or, I mean, I, I used all kinds of things. I used drugs, I used relationships, mm -hmm. I stole, I, I lied, I, you know, I used resentment and fear and shame and like I had all of these things, all of these right. tools that I thought, you know, for all of these years, and I didn't even know what they were. Right. You know, I didn't know exactly what they were. So first I had to figure that out. And D Dr. Phil <laughs> says oh, you, you can't Phil, change yeah. what you don't acknowledge. Right. That's so so I had to do that, right? I had to see what are those things that I'm doing or f emotions that I'm feeling that what am I, what am I doing and using to mm -hmm. feel better <clears throat> that are blocking me off? It's so important that people see someone like you. And I say someone like you, I say someone that was in the pit of despair, was at their very bottom, but they can move forward. And, and I think most people end up in despair. I yeah, mean, we can't, I agree. when you're sitting in a dark room all by yourself, that's really. That's a great point, Gil. Yeah, so what I know now and I mean, it, it's amazing how long it took me to figure it out after all of my years and all of my education, because as you know, I'm a yeah. lawyer. I've, you know, I've been, yeah. I'm very educated. And where you could, where, and where you were, you know, whether you want to disclose that, but you were homeless. You were. Oh, well, it's disclosed. That's I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, is there, there is the possibility of change if you're willing to do the work. 
Well, so or know where to find help. That's the other question. So, what I was getting at is that I I have all this education and I still didn't get that it's yeah. all about connection, that yeah. it's all about either being connected or being disconnected. Because for all of those years, you know, I was using and grabbing and trying to get right. everything, well, like just to feel better. But all that time, those things were turning on me. You know, they weren't. They weren't helping me, they weren't serving me, but right. I thought they were. And instead, I was just staying disconnected, isolated, right. you know, that's, and, and when I look around and I see people, because obviously I work with a lot of people, yeah. I see that disconnection. You know, I see that nobody understands me. You know, if you really knew who I was, if you knew right. really what I think, like the, what goes on inside of my head, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't want anything to do with me. And you know, ultimately, that leads us right back to the beginning of this conversation when we talk about shame, right? Because that's right. what it is. So, yeah, I think that's where it begins: is identifying those things. And it's a life process. I think of my own recovery, and I think of my own world. And you're right. If you don't look within. You know, because I still, I can be addicted to Amazon. I could be addicted to uh, anything. And if I don't work on myself, then I'm not going to change. So you're right, looking deeper within. And those relationships are key. I agree. But I look at it um, like as I go through time, other things pop up always because I, I still want to feel better. So even when I drive, I heard somebody say a couple of days ago, you know, I'll be driving up the middle lane yeah. and somebody will try to pass me and I'll speed up so they can't because, yeah. because I have that little teeny bit of control, you yeah. know, just that few minutes. I do it all the time, <laughs> but then I catch myself. And when I do that, I'm blocking myself off right? because right. I can't be angry and and vengeful or, you know, whatever, whatever it is right. and, and free and at peace at the same time. Right. I can't be both those things. I can't be connected and disconnected. I couldn't help but when I read, started to read this, and again, I've only read like a, the first two or three chapters and I couldn't help but, um, again, I looked at it as, and maybe it's because I know you and I know where you came from, but I looked at it as like a manual. <laughs> I looked at it as, hey, if Gail can do this, then I can do it. And then it, it helped me to kind of, and it helped me to kind of look within myself a little more, reflect a little more within myself. And I don't know if that was your intention of the book. Uh, maybe it was, but, and, and again, that's my experience with it. But, but I found, and again, I've only read a minimal part of it, but I found it very helpful. That was part of the reason why I, I mm. wrote it, especially in the first person. Yeah. Because I wanted people to be able to identify in whatever ways they can identify. Right. Because I know that across the board, I mean, people can't identify with a lot of it, obviously. But right. but those feelings of being, you know, out of place or not comfortable in your own skin or, you know, whatever, yeah. those those types of things. And also, I wanted people to see other people as human. Right because I don't have any resentment or anger toward those people who, right. I guess we could say did, did me wrong or, you know, right. because they are the product of their environment, just like, 
Mm -hmm. I am a product of mine. Right. The cycle. It's exactly. A cycle. People only know what they know. But at the same time, we get to make that change, right? Because right. we can pick up a book and right. see somebody else's experience and see what they did in order to make that happen. Right. And again, I wouldn't say that everybody should write a book, but for me, in order to be free of that, because I was, I mean, I'm, I'm a lawyer, you know, so I, I work with, I'm a criminal defense lawyer, so I right. work with, I always had that connection. I always had that understanding of my clients because of right. my history. But at the same time, I wanted to be respected and admired because I had this history. Right. I wanted to move away from that. I wanted to be a different person than the person that had existed during that time. So to, to make that, to make this, um, it's not a confession. I, didn't, I almost right. used that word, but it's not. Um, to, to shine a light on my, on my history was, was a big deal because yeah. I didn't know how it would be received. I didn't know how people would. Yeah, it's definitely a risk. It, yeah, but, but then it wasn't, right? Because yeah. the risk was only to me to keep it inside. Right. It was a risk to me to feel, yeah. feel guilt or shame or whatever I felt. And yeah, you can well, I can clearly identify with a lot of those things in the book as though my story is a lot different, but I do. I, I did identify with a lot of that stuff, too, and, and made me think about the work I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a daily, a but daily again, thing. But again, right. And I, and I do, and I do think that it, it will do a lot of good work. And, and it will help a lot of people. You know, just, I mean, just like um, anger you know, pops up. Mm. Shame does too. Because right. sometimes one small thing can happen and I'll remember something. Right. And I have to remind myself. And, you know, obviously I've been clean and sober for a long time. I'm coming right. up on 21 years. So, oh, wow. so I've had the opportunity to do a lot of work. Did you ever think you'd make it that long? I didn't think I would live this long. True, true. I think I actually said that in the book because everybody I knew, right. well, not everybody I knew, but a lot of people. I mean, my mother died at 45. Right. right. So most of the people I knew were really young, were really young when they died. Right. And it makes sense because I grew up in that world of alcoholism and addiction. Right. So, yeah, I didn't think I How would. How did the city, I guess the city of Gloucester was welcoming to your oh book? Oh my God, I, I'm still surprised by right. the way that. Right. And something really interesting happened. So I had this um, love-hate relationship with Gloucester. I. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I had a tough time there. It wasn't, it wasn't great for me. And I remember right. saying to somebody, um, Gloucester doesn't like me. Like Gloucester didn't, yeah. didn't like me. And I didn't mean the people in Gloucester because I didn't really right. have a lot of connections, deep connections in, with people there. Um, but when I went to the signing, so the book came out. Right the week before the book came out, um, Gail McCarthy, a, a journalist, she writes for the Gloucester Daily Times, she asked to interview me. And it was, I, I was surprised by that, first of all, because I didn't expect it. But she interviewed me, and it was on the front page of the Gloucester Daily mm -hmm. Times. So 
a whole bunch came along with that because, that, uh, I mean, I still have family there. And right. my family's not, you know, we're not cohesive. We're not, yeah. we're not close. There are people, I saw my uncle, one of my uncles, one of my mother's at brothers. The at the book signing. Wow. I hadn't seen him since, well, my brother passed in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So it had been a long time. But people came, to, came up to me and um, people mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen for, you know, 35, 40 years, talking mm -hmm. about how, I mean, just how, um, what an amazing story and how they, right. you know, they didn't know. And, and other people talked about their own stuff and things that they right. thought and, you know, their own shame. Like, it just opened up this. It opened up a lot of doors. Conversation, like dialogue. and Exactly. And I'm hoping that the, this show does that as well, you know, with the things that you talk about. And one thing you're very modest about, <clears throat> and I don't know if you're going to get mad at me for bringing this oh, up. But, no, but you do help, <laughs> Gail. You you do help a lot of people, and you don't talk about that a lot. But you've helped a lot of women, and you helped a lot of people in recovery, and you do. And you're a living example of recovery, whatever that looks like. Honestly, I want everybody to feel like I feel. Nice. I want everybody to have that freedom to right. connect to other people, right. because I didn't for so long, and now. I mean, I think age helps, you know, I'm yeah. 52, like I don't, I have less time in front of me than I do behind me, right. I, I right. assume. Some of us I, <laughs> Not much. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, the whole world is open. Right. I agree, it is freedom. You know, um, doing the work does give you freedom. And I can honestly say in my own recovery, probably for more than three quarters of it, I didn't do the work until within the last couple of years. And you're right, and it does free you. But what that doing that work looks like is what you have to figure out what works for you. Well, I think honestly, it's, it, it's really basic and really simple, and I know, I mean. Yeah. We complicate it. We do, but people, people have you know all different ideas about how that goes, and I, I mean, Basic, 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 like ground level. I have to know who I am. I have I to, that. that's where I have to start. Like, who, what do I, right. what do I value? And I tell people that I work with, you know, when I, 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 I used to say, I love, I value my family, I value my kids, I value whatever. You'd be a great therapist. But the truth is, yeah, right. I don't know about that. The truth is, I didn't spend most of my time with my kids. Yeah. I spent most of my time trying to become a lawyer or try, you know, right. like, so my values were what I thought I valued. It's where do I spend the most time? Right. I agree with them. What matters? So those simple things, like those yeah. simple questions. I did the same thing. Worked and went to school at the same time and home came second. Yeah. And people will say, and I'm doing this for my family, right? But. Yeah. Who are you really doing it Exactly, for? because if you're not there, then. And it's almost like, it's almost like the, that took a place of your addiction, in a sense. Right. Yeah, really, for sure. Really is. Well, so that's where it starts, I think. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a, you know, if people want again, again, this, we, we don't, you know, we're not here to sell Gail's book, <laughs> but if people ever wanted to look it up, and, and, and again, it is a great read, and there's a lot of good um, information in there about your own and figuring out your own journey, I think is important. And again, 
I enjoy it. So this book, I said I started in 1994, and it was the result of... Um, I remember you talking about it when I oh, first really? met you. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a long bring, time. Bringing it up that you were going to write a book. I mean, and it's not that I didn't believe you, because I did. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, you're but, okay. Because we <laughs> talked about that. Time. You're like, no, I brought that up, and people <laughs> didn't believe me. But, you know, you were talking about it back then. And, and it's... I, I want to thank you for writing it. Well, so um, this book was really just the the beginning. Like it, it's mm. the next book that I think is really gonna. Oh, I can't wait. Because this this is you know I did I did work through it, but I really don't talk about how I did it because I was just trying to make it through the day. You know, just yeah. like everybody else. I was. Did you write every day? Like every day, sit down and. No. No. The last, well, the last five years, I went back and got my MFA. I went to Emerson a couple yep. of years, a few years ago. So I, I did write a lot during that time because right. I was getting my degree. But Are you done going to school? I, no. <laughs> God, no. I, I'll, I'll probably go to school until, I, told you. Uh, until my, I can't anymore. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I love to learn. Yeah, I agree. Learning is growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... If I'm going to have any addiction, because that's probably it, I don't really have any other ones left, then that's a good one to have. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> agree. Moving forward, doing doing um, something for yourself on the positive and um, doing what you feel is best for you. Well, and, and others. I mean... True. Because... But you can't help others unless you're... In a good place yourself. That is true. I can't help others if I'm not connected. I just connected. had that conversation with someone today. Yeah. And um, and we were talking about that, and, and and one of the things this person said was, and and they brought it up. Yeah, I'm working on myself because I know I can't help others unless I'm in a good place. And it's so amazing when someone figures that out on their own. Took me a long time. However, <laughs> however, we don't have to right. figure it out on our own. That's the point. Because right. there were so many people who have already got it figured out. Like, all we have to do is do what they did, right? And also, the other thing, too, is you mentioned it, is seek support. Don't do it on your own. There are places out there and people out there that you can reach out to. That, that's what I was thinking about on the way here. That was the one thing that I wanted to bring it up to mention is that. I know that I want to help people. I know that I want to be useful because I spent so much of my life being selfish, you know, just yeah. all about me. Um, and and they people are there. You know, there are people all over the place. And, I mean, mm -hmm. there are programs and obviously 12-step programs. And right. but, but there are people who want to be, who want to be useful, who want to give this away. And right. I think that uh, that's where you start. You know, you go not not trying to figure it out on your own. Right. I do. I think seeking supports and people knowing that there is help out there. And, and sometimes the difficulty is where to find it. But it's not that difficult if you're willing. So what would you say to somebody looking? Would you say to go somewhere in particular or would you? Well, I would say, you know, first find out what exactly they're looking for, and depending where they are in their journey. I mean, if someone is still actively using, I mean, clearly they would have to detox first, depending on the substance of choice, but then 
you know, I, at least in my profession, I would say, well, there's 12 steps, there's smart recovery, there's all these other options, but the most important thing is um, connection. Just exactly what you said is that relationship and that connection. So Gail, I wanna thank you again for coming on the show. And I also want, um, you know, to, to, to remind people to please continue to tune in. Um, we provide resources, and if you are in, in need of further resources or you are in crisis, first of all, if you're in crisis, don't forget to dial 911. To seek other services in New Hampshire, you can dial 211. And if you're suicidal um, and need emergency care, please dial 988 or, or go to your nearest emergency room. Um, we support those in recovery, and just remember, you don't have to do this alone. The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't